Hoops fans, welcome to another episode of the Buckets Mentality Podcast. This podcast, again, is brought to you by Seeky. $20 off your first purchase, tickets to games, concerts, etc. This week, it's going to be a quicker breakdown for the hierarchy for the players and the teams. And we got some more stuff to talk about after that. Mainly Carmelo Anthony getting another chance in the NBA with the Portland Trailblazers. We'll touch on that. But for my team hierarchy, we'll start at number one with the Los Angeles Lakers, who again are balling out. And mainly defense has been the cause of this. AD's playing like the defensive player of the year. LeBron James is keeping the offensive flow. Frank Vogel is not getting enough credit for just how good of a job he's doing with that defense. Avery Bradley's out one to two weeks. But still, guys like Danny Green, even Catavius Caldwell Pope for how terrible he's been on the offensive side of the ball. He was pretty clutch last night with 12 points in the fourth quarter, but defensively, he's bringing it on a pretty high level. LeBron James is locked in defensively. Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee, these guys are protecting the rim. And rim protection is really the biggest, most valuable aspect uh, of defense, of team defense, the versatility and the rim protection. The Lakers' versatility isn't that great, but when LeBron James is locked in, he's pretty damn versatile. Danny Green is doing a good job guarding wing players. And then you got the three-headed monster in terms of the, the length and the rim protection with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee. Lakers are balling. To me, they're still playing like the best team in the NBA. But the Clippers could take that mantle. And the Clippers are my number two spot. I know they're only seven and five. They have several losses, but the majority of their losses have come when Kawhi Leonard has sat due to load management. Everyone's, again, the hoopla with the whole load management thing, but it's worked for Kawhi in the past. I don't see why it won't work for him again. They got Paul George back now. He played his first game. He balled out. He had an efficient 33 points, and he's looking really, really good. And you bring Paul George back into the picture with a Kawhi Leonard, with Lou Williams balling, with Montrez Harrell who's balling. The Clippers are really going to be a scary team very quickly here. Very well coached with Doc Rivers. Their defense hasn't been up to par that we expected it to be one of the best defensive teams in the league going into the season. As I talked about rim protection with the Lakers, the Clippers are kind of lacking rim protection, but they make up for it with three of the best perimeter defenders in the game and Paul George hasn't even gotten to play so you get Paul George back in the picture Pat Bev and Kawhi Leonard that's clamps on the perimeter and they'll have enough with Zubats in the interior who Zubats has actually been playing pretty well so they got him uh, to back up the back line and the depth off the bench with Montrez and Lou Williams I still think the Clippers are up there I still think when it's all said and done they have a better roster than the Los Angeles Lakers but I'm giving credit to the Lakers for the way they're balling out early in the season um, and with a 10 and 2 record. So I'm going to put the Clippers at number two. At number three, I'm going to put the Houston Rockets, and they're rolling. They got a six game winning streak. James Harden's back to what we see from James Harden in the regular season, dropping 40 points practically every single night out there. They've dealt with several injuries. Guys like Eric Gordon, obviously, Gerald Green's still out. Clint Capella's missed some time, but the star power is really stepping up with James Harden in particular. Russell Westbrook. Had a really good start to the season. He's struggling as of late, especially with the efficiency and everything like that. But James Harden's keeping them afloat. They're balling, and they're up near the top of the Western Conference. And that's where they're going to be throughout the season with injuries to Golden State, with Portland struggling a little bit. Uh, you still got Utah and Denver in that mix, but Houston is very much alive. I like their chances a little bit more than I did at the beginning of the season just because of some of those other moves and injuries and things like that that have happened in the Western Conference and James Harden's just a phenomenal regular season player. And when we look at what Harden does, like the big time 47-point performance against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, it's like those kind of moments right there 
what I really want to see from James Harden in the playoffs because we know James Harden could do it. We know he's lethal with a step back three. We know he's a great ISO player, pick and roll player, playmaker, but we just don't see it on a consistent level in the playoffs in the biggest moments in crunch time. And he would elevate his status so much more if he was able to do that in the playoffs. And sometimes you wonder, like a lot of people like James Harden going out there and doing that and trying hard every single night during the regular season. But you look at Kawhi Leonard who didn't even guard James Harden. He stood in the corner guarding P. Jay Tucker, and he didn't really try too hard in this game, and he's getting criticized for it in the regular season games and the load management and everything, but when his team needs him the most in the playoffs in April, May, and June, that's when Kawhi Leonard is there. He's ready to play. He's ready to ball, and that strategy has proven more effective for him. He's viewed universally as a better basketball player, a lot of that due to the fact that he plays defense and things like that, and he's efficient, but more so what he does in the clutch in these big-time moments, these big-time playoff games. I want to see that from James Harden. That will take Houston to another level if he can do that, but he's just such an incredible regular season player, one of the best regular season video game type numbers type of players that we've seen, and he's doing it yet again this season. Number four, I'm going to give it to the Boston Celtics. A lot of people are going to be like, hey, Buckets, why are the Boston Celtics number four on your list? They have the best record in the NBA. They're on a 10-game winning streak. They're absolutely balling out right now. They got the best net rating, the best offensive rating, but you know superstar power is what wins in this league, okay? And the Boston Celtics do not have a superstar. We look at Houston, they have a superstar duo. The Clippers have a superstar duo. The Lakers have a superstar duo. I'm going to take all those teams at this point in time over the Boston Celtics, even if they may not have as good of records. The Lakers are only one game out of the Celtics um, with one more loss. Obviously, the Clippers have a couple more losses, but really they only have one or two losses with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. So the Houston Rockets rolling on a six-game winning streak as well, and Russell Westbrook still hasn't played up to expectations. So when I look at it from that perspective, I'm still going to take the three teams with the duos, the superstar duos at the top. The Celtics, to me, are playing like the best team without a superstar in the league. Kemba Walker's doing his thing. He's been huge for them in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum's also balling out. Gordon Hayward is out with injury, but Jalen Brown's been stepping up. He's been looking good. Their defense has been surprisingly good, even with the question marks about Cantor. I know he hasn't played too many games. Uh, but their defense has looked solid. Brad Stevens is doing a good job coaching. The depth was also another concern. It's been serviceable so far this season, and they haven't played a lot of competition so far this season. They have one of the easier schedules in the league so far, so we'll see what happens when they start to play some of these tougher teams. They did have a big win against the Milwaukee Bucks, and they are playing great basketball right now. That's why they're in my top five and the only Eastern Conference team in my top five so far. At number five, I'm going to have the Utah Jazz. And the Jazz lost to Neil Byer to the Grizzlies last night, but they've been balling out before that. Mike Conley really starting to step up. Bojan Bogdanovic has been a huge addition to them. Basically, Joe Ingles on a little bit of steroids. He plays good defense. He scores more efficiently and scores more in terms of volume. Uh, and you still have Ingles off the bench. Gobert, we know what he brings defensively. The Utah Jazz are the second-ranked defense behind the Lakers, so they're balling in that end. And Donovan Mitchell's doing enough offensively. They're going to need to do enough with between him and Bojan and Mike Conley to be able to score enough points to keep them in these basketball games because they really their calling card is on the defensive side of the ball. That's why I think their best player is Rudy Gobert, and he really just has a huge impact on that team's overall defense. And the Jazz are in the top five because of it. So that's my top five. Number one, Lakers. Number two, Clippers. Number three, Rockets. Number four, Celtics. Number five, Utah Jazz at this point in time. The Philadelphia 76ers have been struggling a little bit. Ben Simmons has been underwhelming. Uh, they, they've 
gotten a little bit of a rough patch after starting off the season pretty damn strong. Uh, you look at Milwaukee, Giannis Antetokounmpo is absolutely balling out. But again, the other guys have been inconsistent. They're relying a lot on perimeter shots. Chris Middleton's now out, so we'll see what happens with those two teams. Those are supposed to be the class of the Eastern Conference. I still think they can be the class of the Eastern Conference. But at this point in time, the Boston Celtics are playing better basketball. You look at the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat. Those are some other teams along with the Indiana Pacers that will be in the running near the top of the Eastern Conference. But the only Eastern Conference team that made my top five was the Boston Celtics. And then in the West, Denver's looking pretty good. Uh, but other than that, you got Utah, you got the Lakers, you got the Clippers and the Houston Rockets who are really going to be battling atop the Western Conference this season. But we can talk about the Portland Trail Blazers for a second before I segue into my player hierarchy because the Blazers are going to be a team that's going to be back up there into at least the Western Conference playoff picture. And Carmelo Anthony signing with the Portland Trail Blazers on a non-guaranteed contract. I really think it was a low-risk, high-reward move for both sides. Uh, I don't think this move would have happened if Portland didn't get off to such a terrible start to the season. But again, here we are. That's why these things happen. It's all about timing and it's all about circumstance. And I think they'll really turn it around. I think Melo will bring them back into the playoffs, even though they probably would have been back in the playoffs regardless. I think they were going to turn it around even if they didn't sign Carmelo Anthony. But now he's going to be able to rebuild his reputation. He's going to be able to put up 15 to 18 points a game. I've always said the Portland Trailblazers need a wing score to take pressure off of Damon CJ. Carmelo can be that guy. Hopefully he's efficient enough. I'm not expecting Melo to be extremely efficient. I'm not expecting him to play too much defense, which the Blazers could definitely use. But go out there, get your 15 to 18 points a game. Be someone where if CJ's having an off night or if Dame's having an off night, you can step up. He's going to be asked to play some three, but also a lot of power forward for them, uh, which will be pretty solid for him to space the floor. I don't know if he's going to be shooting a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. It's mostly going to be him creating off the dribble. And in situations like the Houston situation, they weren't really wanting Mel to take the mid-range. He's going to be able to take as many mid-range jumpers as he wants with the Portland Trailblazers. I do think maybe he'll start the first couple games off the bench. But at the end of the day, he's going to be starting, I think, for the Portland Trailblazers. And there will be a really interesting dynamic when Yusuf Nurkic comes back because he's going to be a big piece for them down low he was extremely valuable to their team in previous years I think the Blazers again like I said before they'll be back in the playoff picture I don't think they're going to win around the playoffs so I don't think they are really going to have a deep postseason run but Melo will have a chance to put up numbers to play competitive basketball to make the postseason and go out on his own terms in a good way uh, and probably have a farewell tour so to speak for him as he's going to lead the help lead the Blazers to the playoffs um, and they'll probably get bounced in the first round. But in terms of does it make Portland better, uh, you can say it does because they get another guy that can put up points. But at the end of the day, the Blazers uh, are right around where I thought they were going to be going into the season. They just got off to a slow start, and they'll bounce back now, especially now that they have Carmelo Anthony. But let's get into the player hierarchy. Number one, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. This man continues to ball out, put the team on his back, put up 35, 38 points a game with double-digit rebounds, with elite-level defense. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the man on both sides of the ball. He's backing up his MVP season with another virtually MVP front-runner-type season. And now he's got Chris Middleton out for several weeks. He's going to have a chance to put up even more numbers and keep the Bucks afloat in the Eastern Conference standings. So Giannis, to me, has got to be number one. The toss-up at number two is between LeBron James and James Harden. I think I'm going to lead... LeBron James just because the Lakers are winning uh, at a slightly higher weight. I know that uh, Anthony Davis is helping out 
really tremendously with the Lakers and the defense and everything like that. And Russell Westbrook has been pretty shaky and inconsistent. But also the fact that LeBron James does have an Anthony Davis is going to take away from his numbers more than Russell Westbrook is really taken away from Harden because Harden still is up there at the top in terms of usage rate, while Russell Westbrook has extremely sacrificed his usage. Uh, LeBron James has played more of a playmaker facilitator type role, but he's still getting points. He's still getting them efficiently. And he's playing better defense this year. He's definitely a better defensive player than James Harden. And the Lakers, like I said, are on top of the Western Conference standings. I'm going to give it to LeBron James, number two. James Harden, like I said before, he's putting up video game numbers. He's been tremendous. He started off the season pretty poor in efficiency. It's getting a little bit better, but it's still not at the place that James Harden would like to be. But again, how much are we going to say about how much he's balling this season? He's definitely got to be up there in the MVP conversation yet again. I'm just hoping for Harden that he doesn't burn out in the postseason and he can prove some sort of value in the playoffs that is superseding what he's done in previous years. Luka Doncic to me is still in the top five and he's seriously gaining steam as a superstar caliber player. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks suffered another loss to the New York Knicks, which is unfortunate, but Luka's still putting up 30-point triple-doubles. He's close to a triple-double average for the season, and he's doing it efficiently. Kristaps Porzingis has not been much help at all for him. He's really inconsistent. He's been pretty poor this season, but Luka Doncic just continuing to do his thing. He's balling out. He's earned a top-five spot on my player hierarchy. And then number five, a new addition, Pascal Siakam, Spicy P. Okay, this man's putting up numbers and he's winning basketball games. He was the most improved player in the league last season, but he's improving again. He's taking that other step, and now he's the clear number one option for a Toronto Raptors team, and they really haven't mess, uh, missed a beat in the regular season. They're, despite being without their finals MVP, along with several other injuries, the guys like Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka, he's absolutely balling, and he's definitely an MVP candidate right now. And you notice I didn't have last year's finals MVP in my top five for this week. A lot of that's due to the fact that he's load managing. And honestly, after a great start to the season, he's kind of not producing at that same level anymore. You can tell he's not trying as hard in the regular season. Maybe he'll ramp it back up and get engaged when Paul George gets back in the picture because the Clippers have dropped all the way to the seventh seed in the Western Conference. So hopefully he can pick it up, turn it around. That was my MVP pick. Again, remember, I changed my MVP pick from Giannis to Kawhi because he was talking about, oh, he's going to try harder in the regular season. I thought it was a new opportunity with the Clippers we can show out in front of his home crowd and get that regular season MVP and he was looking so good throughout the first week week and a half um, but then obviously he just hasn't brought the same intensity and he hasn't been playing consistently he's sitting out a lot of back-to-back games so it's really going to be hard for him to be in that MVP conversation if he continues to load manage and do things like that so right now my player hierarchy is Giannis Antetokounmpo, LeBron James, James Harden, Luka Doncic, and Pascal Siakam. So it's been a good week of hoops. I'm looking forward to see what happens in the upcoming weeks. We've played about 12. Most teams play 11, 12 games in the season. So we still got a lot of basketball left to play, but that's how I'm looking at the league's landscape right now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the coming weeks. I'm off for now. Peace.